Hey everyone, my name is Brett and I am the host of the Street Clinics podcast uh, brought to you by Atticus Health. Uh, during the month of November, I've got the pleasure of introducing our guest, uh, Dr. Waranja Ranasinghe, who is a urologist with Atticus Health. Uh, Waranja is an Australian-trained consultant, urologist and uro-oncologic surgeon. He has extensive experience in treating patients with urological conditions and is internationally recognised for his work in urologic cancers. So welcome, Varanja. Thanks so much, Brett. Thanks oh, for having me no, today. No, no, it's great, yeah, great to have you today. And uh, so, you know, we're in November at the moment and uh, it's all about, you know, raising awareness for, for men's health. Um, Varanja, can you explain to the listeners uh, what a urologist actually does and what your role is in, in November? Uh, thanks, Brett. So a urologist is a specialist who treats patients with disorders of the urinary tract, such as the kidney, bladder, prostate, penis, and testicles. So I see a man, uh, I see a lot of men with uh, different cancers in these organs, and Movember is all about raising awareness of these conditions, uh, especially prostate and testicular cancers. Uh, and as the urologist, we, we play a, a big role in developing this awareness uh, for patients. Yeah, no, that's great, um, Varanja, and I think because uh, Atticus Health, we're doing a men's health campaign um, uh, for the month of November as well, and uh, you know, obviously with prostate cancer, um, it's the most, you know, as we a lot of us know, it's the most commonly d uh, diagnosed cancer uh, for men in in Australia and globally, uh, more than you know, more than a million people are diagnosed with prostate cancer each year, so. You know, there's men, you know, across the country that are um, living and, um, you know, with and uh, with with the disease. So uh, uh, we'd love to hear a lot, um, a lot more about the the prostate. Are you able to explain that? Sure, Brett. Uh, so the prostate gland is a gland which all men have. Uh, it's the size of about a walnut or a ping pong ball, mm. and it's located between your bladder and the base of the penis. And this is important for your reproduction, and it produces about a third of the fluid in your semen, and it helps the uh, sperm survive, um, and that's what the prostate does. Okay. So I guess moving to um, some of the, I think, you know, the listeners would like to know, like, the, what, what are some of the symptoms of, of prostate cancer? And, and what should men um, uh, look out for, Ranger? So, Brett, uh, prostate cancer, unlike a lot of the other cancers, don't have a lot of symptoms. Mm. Most of the men who we see uh, may not have any symptoms at all. Um, so we really, so we really uh, rely on a blood test called the PSA test mm. uh, to detect these cancers in the first instance. But currently in Australia, there's no formalized screening program for uh, prostate cancer using the PSA test, mm. uh, but the international guidelines do suggest having a PSA test done every two years after the age of 50 to detect okay. uh, prostate cancers. So if you are concerned about uh, your risk of uh, having prostate cancer, uh, it's a really good idea to talk to your GP about it uh, to see whether you would uh, benefit from having a PSA test done. Okay, and in in terms of the ages, Waranja, you mentioned uh, fifty. So for any for any men that are over the age of fifty, is that the best time to to um, speak to your doctor about it? So uh, it's 
a little bit more complicated than that, Brett. Mm, um, mm. Usually, the studies show, sorry, the studies show that uh, the benefit of PSA is uh, usually after the age of about 50. Mm. But it's worth having a conversation with um, with your GP, uh, especially if you have a risk of uh, a family history of prostate cancer. Yeah. Um, that may be a time where uh, PSA can be considered a little bit uh, before the age of 50. Okay, okay. So, yeah, if you've got any concerns, then you should yeah, speak to your doctor, even if you're under the age of 50 as well. Uh, what causes the prostate cancer, Ranger? So, but we don't really know what exactly causes prostate cancer, but as we discussed before, uh, as we get older, the risk of prostate cancer increases. And men who have a uh, family history of prostate cancer, such as a, bro uh, a brother or a father with prostate mm. cancer, are at a higher risk of having prostate cancers. Now, it's also important to uh, not forget that if you have a family history of breast or ovarian cancer, so your mother or sister has breast cancer or ovarian cancer, mm. those are the same genes which um, also increase the risk of prostate cancer. So again, uh, if you do have uh, a mother or a sister with uh, those conditions, uh, it's also important to um, to uh, talk to your GP uh, as uh, you may be at a higher risk of having prostate cancer as well. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. No, that's uh, yeah, that's very useful information. I hadn't heard of that before. So. Um, just moving along, I'd like to get uh, your advice. Uh, if men uh, can pick up prostate cancer early, uh, could this reduce the need for treatment and then in return reduce the, I guess, the treatment-related uh, side effects? Uh, yes, but definitely. Um, the earlier you pick up any cancer, the chances of cure are higher. Yeah. Uh, so not all prostate cancers need treatment as mm. well as some of these prostate cancers can be low risk and can be watched very safely. So identifying the prostate cancers which need treatment is our job and um, identifying the patients who uh, need treatment and uh, early treatment again can reduce the risk of side effects of certain therapies. Okay, yeah, yeah. So people speak uh, about uh, uh, the, the side effects of treatment for prostate cancer. What advice do you have for the men who, you know, who are worried about the side effects? So, Brett, a lot of things have been um, done over the last um, few years to increase the detection of prostate cancers. So there's been a lot of developments in the treatments as well mm -hmm. as the diagnostics. Um, as you, as I mentioned previously, now we can um, accurately identify prostate cancers which don't need any treatment. But even if a patient needs treatment, there's been significant advances in surgery, such as the introduction of robotic surgery, which allows for faster recovery. And even radiation therapy has got uh, much more advanced, so we can deliver the radiation uh, to the site of the tumor. Uh, with much more precision to reduce all of the side effects which we used to get um, earlier on. So it's important to communicate with your urologist about what's important to you and what your anxieties and worries are mm. in determining uh, the treatment because a lot of these treatments can be tailored to uh, the patient's needs. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I guess moving to another type of cancer um, that is often uh, spoken about and uh, is... Uh, 
uh, testicular cancer, um, which is uh, um, uh, affecting a lot of young people as well. Um, it's the most common cancer in young um, in, in Australian men. So, um, and uh, at greater than ninety five percent, the odds of, the, of survival for men with testicular cancer um, are better than good, which is good. So, again, probably, uh, what advice can you give in regards to that? to the uh, early diagnosis, which you've, you've spoken about a couple of times, but, we'll, yeah, it's important that we sort of get this point through. Uh, that's, that's exactly right, Brett. Uh, so on a similar theme to uh, prostate cancer, the early detection is key in testicular cancer as well. Mm. Uh, most men actually present with a lump in their testicles, which they have felt. So the best advice which uh, I'd be able to give is for the uh, men to self-examine their testicles mm. and if they do notice a lump uh, to get it checked out uh, or they feel that there's something not right to get it checked out. But also important to say that not all lumps are cancerous, but seeking advice early uh, can improve um, outcomes and reduce um, side effects from treatment. Yeah, okay. And, so, and how, do you tr- how do you treat uh, this uh, testicular cancer? So, uh, the, the, uh, as you mentioned previously, um, the cure rates of testicular cancer are, um, are quite uh, good. Mm-hmm. So, um, the majority of the patients uh, who present with a lump in the testicle unfortunately need their testicle removed. But even with this, most men are cured and you don't need a lot of any other treatments such as chemotherapy in vast number of cases. Mm, that's so a uh, majority of men understand that um, the removal of the testicle is necessary uh, and given its excellent cure rate. Mm. Uh, so <coughs> even when we take out the testicle, most urologists would offer prosthesis at the time of cos- uh, at the time for cosmesis. So most men are happy after the surgery as well. Um, and additionally, removing one testicle does not um, affect the testosterone levels of fertility. So overall, um, the it doesn't largely affect their lifestyles um, with uh, after having early treatment for testicular cancers. So, Renjo, so it uh, does testicular cancer affect fertility? So you have one testicle removed um, for uh, testicular t- cancer and the remaining testicle can still produce a large number of sperm. Uh, so it's very unlikely to affect fertility. However, in some cases, if you do need chemotherapy and other additional therapies, it may be worth talking to your urologist about sperm banking um, or sperm freezing, um, uh, especially in that instance, uh, yeah. to maintain fertility. But in general, I'd say um, if it's picked up early, uh, the chances of it affecting fertility is very low. Oh, that's good. That's, uh, that's uh, a positive thing then. Uh, so I guess finally, Varanja, um, uh, what uh, what sort of uh, questions uh, do you think you know sh- um, uh, p- uh, men should ask if they're affected with prostate or testicular cancer? W- what should they ask um, their urologist? So that's a very good question, but um, unfortunately, if 
um, you or your family members diagnosed with either prostate or testicular cancer, it's important to talk to your doctor about it. Um, so as a urologist, my role is to understand your concerns and to understand what's important to you and your family. Because majority of these treatments can be tailored to your needs, uh, especially if the cancers are picked up early. Now, there's also a number of other really valuable resources which are available to guide you and your family through this difficult period, mm. such as your GP, who's one of the most important uh, people in your care. And uh, there's a number of other specialties who can offer services to you, such as a radiation oncologist, medical oncologist, allied health specialists, such as uh, prostate cancer nurses, physiotherapists, dietitians, and psychologists who are all there for you. Uh, so it's... It's, it's, you're not alone in this um, in this uh, diagnosis, and uh, there's a lot of services and pe people to help you through this, as well as your family. That's great. That's great, Ryan. Great to to hear that. Um, I think I guess uh, just wrapping up, and you know, with you know, thank you for your time today. Um, I just wanted to. Um, oh, well, actually, I should ask. Uh, do you have any final parting words of wisdom before we uh, before we go? Thanks, <laughs> uh, I think the theme of this uh, podcast, and uh, that's what November is all about, uh, is aware, being aware of these uh, conditions. Yeah. Uh, and being aware of these cancers um, uh, and uh, talking to the GPs and uh, talking about getting early screening uh, is really important. Uh, and because early diagnosis can reduce the need for aggressive treatment and reduce uh, the side effects associated with um, with some of these cancers and offers a very high chance of cure. So awareness and early detection would be my two uh, key points. Yeah, that's a great. Yeah, no, thanks for that, Waranja. And again, you know, thank you for for being with us today. Uh, just before you go, I just wanted to, and this is unrelated to to men's health in November, but uh, I was just uh, scanning LinkedIn. Um, over this week, and I noticed that you were involved with uh, some uh, an Australian first treatment um, of uh, kidney cancer. Do, do you want to just? Uh, well, firstly, congratulations! Like that's um, amazing. Uh, do you want to just uh, tell us a little bit about that before you go? Uh, thanks, Brett. Uh, the I think <laughs> the best thing to do would be to go on LinkedIn and have a look. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, it's basically like about uh, having. Um, it, uh, uh, bringing a new treatment to yeah. Australia, which was uh, for the benefit of one patient, yeah. uh, and um, uh, that's the uh, that's what it's all about. But I, I'll yeah. keep you in suspense and get you to have a read. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're you're a very very humble you're a very humble man, Varanja, and um, I guess as I said, yeah, no, it is a, it's an Australian first treatment. So, uh, but yeah, we, we we will we will post it on on our uh, socials and uh, probably in our newsletter as well. So. Uh, yeah, congratulations again to that. And uh, thank you for your time today. Awesome. Thanks so much. Bill. All right. See you, Varanja. See you. Bye. Bye. Well, thanks, Varanja. That was uh, a uh, awesome session. So thanks um, er to all our listeners as well. Um, as I said, my name is Brett, and this is the Street Clinics podcast brought to you by Atticus Health. And we look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thanks. Bye.